0: Hi everyone, it's uh, Michelle Hoskin here, Little Miss Wow, in the next installment of the Little Miss Wow podcast. Uh, this episode is an interesting one, a bit off the cuff, um, and mainly because we've been getting lots of conversation, well, lots of calls today actually, um, around paraplanner training. Uh, there seems to be some new developments in the space of paraplanners, developing them, uh, nurturing them, and bringing them basically up to speed so that they're fit for purpose, or so we think. So I've had lots of clients call me and say, you know, what's the best thing to do? There's obviously a number of academic bodies that provide academic training uh, in the area of para planning, um, which are the more standard um, sort of professional body awarding bodies. Um, but there seems to be some new training that's hitting the streets, both at one-to-one level and also in group and almost like a programme. Now, all of these are fabulous. Um, and the um, as I've alluded to in other podcasts and other bits and pieces that we've either written or spoken about, there's obviously different levels of training and development. So based on um, the training that's available in the market, fundamentally, there's one level, which is the academic piece. And that's where the examining bodies, the awarding bodies have put together a number of academic deliverables or academic achievements, which a paraplanner needs to meet in order to demonstrate their technical knowledge. Fabulous. Um, There are many organisations, both in the UK and overseas, that are doing this. And this takes a planner to a certain level of academic knowledge. Prices vary, structures vary, but there are um, lots of opportunity and lots of choice. And this very much comes down to an individual's um, learning preference and learning style. And that's also fine. Whatever suits that learning pattern, the way that their brain absorbs information, and there's lots of information available on different options. There's also some government funding. So one of the things that we, through our training and development, offer to our sector and our clients who inquire for our training is there's a lot of government funding available for it. Um, And that's through a partnership that we have with a training provider, again, in the space of academic qualifications and achievements so big big ticks in all of these boxes um, however this this podcast is a little bit about um, the difference between teaching someone the art of power planning and teaching somebody the art of being a paraplanner they're very different so we can all go out and sit a load of exams and pass a load of exams if we're academically smart enough and you'd assume that most on the journey to be a para planner would be academically smart enough um, however the challenge is is that that's not all that the need. That's not all of the skills that they require in order to be a paraplanner. Now, regardless of the training that's available in the market, one of the things that is very important that you understand is that the training to be a paraplanner is very dependent, excluding our program, is very dependent on a person or a person's view of what a paraplanner may need. In order to do their job over and above the technical knowledge. So things like case handling, um, a bit of kind of task management, but actually there's so much more to it because you could interview and line up three power planners or be one of those power planners that's a side of two others. And in truth, with this training that's available in the marketplace currently, there's not a lot to pick between all three. What it comes down to is then personality, attributes, behaviors, ethos. Um, the abilities, their application skills, just that extra bit of something. And it's important that you make sure that any training that your paraplanners or if you are a paraplanner are working towards, it's really essential that you understand what the training is benchmarked against. So within our academy, our academy is one option available to the planning sector as we have a sector of that academy for financial planners, for business owners and obviously for compliance managers our training is in line with and is benchmarked against a standard of excellence not just our standard of excellence but a committee drawn together standard of best practice a global standard of best best practice now at the moment that is not available from any other party so if you choose another party to train your power planners train your planners fabulous. But none of that training, none of it will be delivered in line with what is considered best practice international or sector specific standards. So that's absolutely not a problem if we are not the fit for you. But I just need you to understand what you're actually getting and what you're actually paying for. Really fundamental. We protect the sector very closely. And I just, because of the phone calls I've had today, I just thought it would be worth pumping out there a little bit more information about the differences. If you want to find out about ours and compare it to others, absolutely 100%, that's also absolutely fine. But just be mindful that when you engage with training with a third party, which is essential in the development of any role in this sector, that you understand what that training is benchmarked against. Is it benchmarked against one person's view of the world or is it benchmarked on either a British, an international or sector-specific standard? It's really important that you consider all of your options and make sure that you choose the right path for you, your budget, your power planners, your firm and your drive at an ultimate achievement of excellence. So I hope that's been helpful. Until next time, I'll catch you soon.